house of God. Hallelujah. Beautiful place. It's the first time we've got to be in the sanctuary, but it's beautiful. God has blessed the church. Hallelujah. Brother Sammy uh, quoted us, uh, not a scripture, but a song this morning, and one of my favorites also, When I Think of the Goodness of Jesus and All. Hallelujah. What he's done for me. Oh, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me, my soul cries out, oh, hallelujah, well, praise God for saving me. Sing it with me, hallelujah. When I think of the goodness of good to you? Has he filled you with the Holy Ghost? Has he ever healed your body? Hallelujah. Oh, look at this sanctuary. What God has done. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. of Jesus and all he has done for me. Oh, yes, my soul cries out, oh, hallelujah, oh, praise God for saving. Oh, we got to sing it one more time, hallelujah. Oh, when I think hallelujah. of the goodness of Jesus. Not finished yet. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Before you see, turn to your neighbor and say, God's been good. Hallelujah. 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 You can be seated for just a few seconds. Amen. Hallelujah. Good to have my wife with me. Amen. She has put up with me for almost, this must be 37 years. I know you're thinking you're, I'm in my 20s, but uh, we got married when we were just uh, oh, five or six years old. And uh, hallelujah. Sister McFarland, would you stand and just let us just say something good about me or about the Lord? I mean, so. <clears throat> Amen. I 
That's right. <clears throat> Yeah, right. Hallelujah. Praise God. It is a, a great honor to be here this, this afternoon. I wish we'd been here, you know, within the last few years being here, just in services with you and hadn't been able to make it, but so glad and thank you, Brother for letting me be here and uh, taking this time of honoring a, a, what God has done. Uh, Seventy years with just two pastors, folks, that's just not, un, that's, that's unheard of. And uh, this is wonderful. And also, uh, I can't remember exactly, I know somebody's going to yell it out, I don't know how long it's been since my granddad passed away, but uh, you talk like he was here yesterday. And that seems something to me that you people loved him and my grandmother. And... Uh, and are continuing what God done with him, Amen. I just so happened I got a, I can't visit very long. I know we all, it's not right that I was put after eating. <coughs> it's not my fault. So <coughs> I ate as much as you. So if I don't go to sleep, you don't go to sleep, and we'll, you know, and not service is not going on tonight. So I don't know what time. What time do you usually out on Sunday nights? Right after, uh, I hope you don't mind me calling him Granddaddy, or Granddaddy Hill is who I called him, uh, uh, after his funeral went to the house. And, and again, the house on 1980, or church on 1901, uh, I thought I was going to, I never have forgotten that address. I've forgotten where I've lived before. But 1901 Meridian Street is always etched in my mind. 227-0073 will forever be etched in my mind. I, I know that number. <clears throat> Again, I don't, I don't ask me others. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be blank. I'll look at you with a stare. But <clears throat> those are just etched there. So when we went to the church there, it wasn't for church. It was to see my grandparents. We didn't attend there. We went there on some sets of services every once in a while. You folks knew them a different way than I knew them. You worshiped with them, heard him preach, and someone said a while ago, so I want you to say some of the things that your granddad said when he preached. I said, I don't know them. I, w I went to that place to see my granddad at his home and love them and cherish them and, and be with them. And it's wonderful people, and the heritage he's given us uh, is just beyond, beyond measure. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> the, uh, we went to the, the home after his funeral, and I don't know which one it was. One of my uncles, I said, can I have his Bible? Uh, they gave their everything they had to the church. They didn't have hundreds of thousand dollars to give to their children. I wish they did. 
I wish he had money saved up and surprised us with a bunch of money to hand out, but that didn't happen. But he gave us a heritage of living for God and working for God and doing God's work in the kingdom. Amen? Hallelujah. So I got this Bible and, and uh, looked at it, and some of you, uh, I looked at this particular Bible. I'm sure he had several of them. This one was given, believe it or not, July the 6th, his 65th birthday in 1974, on a service sort of like this, by brother and sister Lanham. Hallelujah. It's just like it was the day he passed away. All the notes are still there. Everything just right here is a happens to be a uh, weekly brochure from. Uh, let's see if I got a date on here. Nineteen ninety four. Yeah, and so I looked at him this morning, kind of looking around and uh, trying not to tear up too much. But if I could, I'm going to read out of this today, and I've got a sermon on this technology thing going on. But <coughs> Hallelujah! Isn't God good? Hallelujah. I'm not used to that, but I'll, <laughs> I'll get that in a minute. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, uh, you can stand. I'm going to say a few scriptures. Y'all want to just go ahead and stand up again. Go ahead. Good to have all my kin folks here, my mom and dad. Amen. Good to see Greg, my, my cousin. He's my double first cousin. Folks, if, you know, he's a Hale. I'm a McFarland. If it was switched around at my mom... You know, if, if it switched around that my mom was my dad, my dad was my mother, <laughs> I would be a hell. And if it switched around where his mom was his dad and his dad was his mother, he would be a McFarland. So, uh, y'all got that, right? So, everyone that Greg is kin to, I'm kin to, we're like brothers, but not brothers. Our mom and dad's married brothers and sisters. We kept it in the family, folks. <laughs> Hallelujah. And we happen to live in Dixon County, and the people all across the street live in Hitman County, and that's done. It's okay in Hitman County to do that. <laughs> uh, I better put this away. This is not mine. <clears throat> okay, I'll get to preaching now. I better shut up and quit talking. Just go get it. Nehemiah, the fourth chapter. Nehemiah 4, verse, starting with verse 6. So we built the wall. Oh, so built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together into the half thereof. And you've all heard the scripture, for the people had a mind to work. But it came to pass that when Sambalot and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashenites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped, then they were very wroth and conspired, conspired all, of them, all of them together to come up and fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. Verse 10, And Judah said, The strength of the bearers of the burdens is decayed, and there is not, not able to build the wall. Let's see. I, I, go down to verse 13. Therefore said I in the lower places behind the wall, and on the higher places I even set the people after the families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. Verse 14, and I looked, up, looked and rose up and said to the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight with your brethren and your sons. 
your daughters and your wives and your houses. Or fight for, excuse me, that, really, that made a difference in it. Fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. David said one time, is there not a cause for your wives, your sons, your daughters? Hallelujah. Got to fight for them. And it came to pass when the enemy heard that it was known unto us and all, and God had brought the counsel to naught, that we returned all of us to the wall, every one to his work. And it came to pass from that time forth that the half of my servants wrought in the work and the other half of them held both the spears, the shields, and the bows, and harbigans, and rulers were behind all the house of Judah. They which built the wall, and they that bear burdens for those that laden. Every one with one of his hands wrought in the work, and the other hand held a weapon. Verse 16, it says, And it came to pass from that time forth. There was a spot in time that they always could go back to, that that was the day things changed. That was the day that we made up our minds that no matter what happens, we're going to build the wall. Let the enemy do what he wants to. Let him say what he wants to. Let him do anything he wants to do. But from that time forth, we are going to build a wall for the safety of our children, for our wives. Hallelujah. Because there's a need for this thing going on. Amen. And we can look back every time we think about it. We look back. Remember that day that we all made a decision that that was the day we was going to stop living for the devil and stop living for, start living for God? That was the day. I can go back to the time that that was the time that changed my life. And it changed my children's life. And it changed my grandchildren's life. And on and on it go. It was a day that changed. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. If I could preach this, this afternoon, a defining moment. A defining moment when you know without a doubt that was the time God spoke to you. Without a doubt, that was a time God said, go ahead. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise when God called you into the ministry. When God called you to do something for him. Didn't know a time, without a doubt, when God blessed you. Uh, Brother, we ask God's blessing. God bless you. you. can be seated if you like. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. There has to be a time in our lives, folks, we make a stand, run or fight. Hallelujah. Every one of us in here can look back to a time when God filled us with the Holy Ghost. When God healed our body, whatever it might be, we, there's a time, that there's a defining moment in our lives where we look back and say, that was the day. Hallelujah. Praise God. I never forget the time I was at the altar right here. Look back and there was a beautiful woman came walking in the aisle. I said, that's it. A defining moment. Hallelujah. But the Bible says the people had a mind to work. Hallelujah. A church doesn't last 70 years with lazy spiritual saints. Let me say it again. 
They kick in. A church doesn't last that long, 70 years, with people being lazy about coming to attendance of the house of God, working in the house of God, amen, cleaning up the house of God. It's not always worship. It's not always dancing and singing, hallelujah. Sometimes it's the work going on. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But I want to sing. Well, clean a toilet before you do that. Oh, <laughs> hallelujah. That's where ministry begins, folks, whether you don't know it or not. Ministry begins at the toilet. And you work your way up to the pulpit. <laughs> hallelujah. If you've ever pastored a church, you've ever been in ministry, folks, and you had not t- cleaned the toilet... By, while I'm preaching, go ahead and walk out, grab something, start cleaning, come on back in and get the altar. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is that right or not? <clears throat> Brother Sammy, it wouldn't be, wouldn't be wonderful, and I don't know, I don't know you folks. I, I've been around some of you, know some of you. I don't know what your characteristics are. That's why I can just do what I want to. Amen. <laughs> But brother said, wouldn't it be great if somebody comes and said, Brother, can I clean the church this week? Can I cut the grass this week? Can I mulch it around the church today? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I'm going to put my headphones in. I want to worship God all the time. To... A defining moment, folks, is an event or a period of time that had such an impact that it continued to leave its impression upon perhaps for years to come, even a lifetime. A defining moment is a life-shaping, life-impacting moment. A point at which the essential nature or character of a person or group is revealed or identified. A defining moment is the point which, within a person's life which there can be no turning back. You burnt your bridges. The things you used to play with that you, in the world, you, you didn't put them in the closet and say, I might need them later on. You burn them or get rid of them. Brother, you know a good friend of mine, Terry Arnold. We grew up together. I remember some of y'all might say, oh, this is no big deal. But Brother Arnold, I've, I've known him. We, we went to high school together. And I've seen what God has used him. And God's doing a great work with him in Chattanooga. And it's the little things that sometimes we forget about. Terry loved Elvis Presley. I mean, he had all the eight tracks. <laughs> oh, that was, excuse me, that was BGs. I'm sorry. <clears throat> but he had all the eight tracks. And, and one time he went and took them all in the bag and put them beside a dumpster and drove away. You say, that's where ministry begins. That's where a defining moment happens. Hallelujah. He left it and drove away and said, whatever you want me to do, God, I'm ready to do it. Hallelujah. His pastor churches, he started churches. Amen. God is using them in a mighty way. Hallelujah. Folks, sometimes you've got to give to let God bless. It works that way. Hallelujah. There's a time in your, in your life you say, not today, devil. Not today. It's not happening. Hallelujah. I'm going to go back and look back and see what I've done and how God blessed me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. I, I know I'm shooting, but he's already mentioned Facebook, so I'll go ahead and say it. I mean, just it was the church. God's bullet. No, no. But <clears throat> ever so often you get a thing, thumbs up. If you know what it says, what happened in history this day so many years ago? Wouldn't it be neat, spiritually, 
you wake up in the morning, you, you start talking to God, and <laughs> you get an email. It says, this year, this day five years ago, I healed you of cancer. Or this day five years ago, you were filled with the Holy Ghost over there. This day ten years ago, you were baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus. This day fifteen years ago, God touched you and delivered you from alcohol and drugs. Hallelujah. Praise God. Never forget what God has brought you from. Never forget that defining moment where God said, I want you. Nobody else wants you, but I do. Hallelujah. Praise God. And he said, from, and from that time forth, from that time forth, we're going to build a wall. Hallelujah. Praise God. Just this past weekend, or this past week, uh, my wife and I, <clears throat> we had to endure a week of vacation <laughs> with three adorable, beautiful granddaughters. It's Facebook, family on Facebook, you'll see some pictures. I got a few of them on her. But the bad thing about it is they brought their parents with them. And I was thinking about this. My daughter and her husband, I pastor a church in Etowah, Tennessee. They have two daughters, one nine and one four. And uh, fifth generation. Fifth generation. It started with my granddaddy. Hallelujah. Believe it or not, folks, he wasn't always oneness. Hallelujah. I'm going to get to that in a can of a minute, just a minute, in just a minute. But because of a man, because of a defining moment of Selmer Hell, when I was 12, I was baptized in Jesus' name. Because of a granddad called Selmer Hell, hallelujah, didn't go to his church, but enough of what he had at church got a hold of my mom. And at 12 years old, she got back in church also and got filled up with the Holy Ghost and took cigarettes away. You wouldn't believe she ever smoked cigarettes. It was gone. Boof. I got to baptize my dad, my brother, my nephew, my children. Why? Because there was a man named Selmer Hale that had a defining moment one day with God. And God spoke to him and touched his life. Hallelujah. And it went down from generation to generation. From that day forth, there's a neat reason to build a wall for my children and my grandchildren. And the great-grandchildren I don't even know about yet. Hallelujah. <laughs> Isn't God good? Okay, go ahead. We're going to build this wall or die trying, what he was saying. We've got a weapon in one hand. We're working with the other hand. And we're going to work till we get it done. We're not going to give up. And we've we got a date that we know that was a day that we said we're going to build it. And we're going to stick to it. doesn't matter if the odds are against me. doesn't matter if I failed before. doesn't matter if anyone believes in me. I've got to make a stand. It doesn't, it doesn't really bother me what they say on Facebook about me. Doesn't bother me what they say at work about me or at school about me. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Can I just say something? I know I'm off, off the chart, and y'all might just throw me, throw me under the bus. All these, and, and I know what happens, but just hang with me. All this, they, he looked at me wrong. <laughs> he bullied me. <laughs> he said bad things about me. They said bad things about me. There's time you got a little little option about you. Say, I don't care what they say about me. I'm going to live for God. Hallelujah. They make fun of me how I dress and what I do and how I go to church. I go to church all the time. It doesn't matter anymore. I made a stand. I've got a defining moment one day where God said, this is it. Yeah. All right. All right. 
Nothing else matters. Hallelujah. Y'all might have heard this story before. I, I got to, uh, a few years ago before they passed away, I got to go and stay in their house for three nights. Hallelujah. Just me and, and them. And we were, you know, we were living in Sparta. I was pastoring in Sparta. Had to come to Nashville for, for a conference. And <clears throat> so I stayed with them. And I got to go come home after being taught during the day to Granny's cooking. Oh, I was in heaven. So who else is coming? This is just us. What? If y'all y'all know what I'm talking about, that woman can cook, and she cooked enough for an army. But they started telling me some stories along the way, and that was just priceless, priceless. She talked about one time picking him up and throwing him on the bed, and it broke his broke some ribs. Wonderful. She talks about one time that. <clears throat> Some of y'all might not know this, but you know, before they really got dedicated to God, before that defining moment came along, he, he was, I don't know how much he'd done, but he smoked some cigarettes. <gasps> he had a tattoo. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but back then, you go to the little grocery store and they'd run up a tab, you know, and he had told her he'd quit. And she got the, the, the tab and started looking at it. She said, Selmer, said, what's, this, what's this right here? Do, 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 cigarettes. Do, 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 cigarettes. Busted. <laughs> he had hit him in the tree. <laughs> but then there was one time he was at a church service. It was some revival. Some of y'all might have heard the story before, too. And the preacher was preaching about Jesus and baptism and just throwing it out there. And he said, I'll tell you what, <clears throat> I can't remember if it was $100 or $50. But if it had been $25 back then, it was still a lot of money. It was either 50 or 100 So I'll give you $100. I'm going to make it bigger. I'll give you $100 if you can come back tomorrow night and show me where someone was baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And granddaddy said, I've got this. We need the money. Seven kids. Whew. So he went back home and studied all night long and studied. And he came back. And we have a church here today that baptized in Jesus' name. Brother, it don't really matter. Folks, it does. Hallelujah. If you look in there, you'll find, I'll say the same thing that happened to my granddaddy. I'll give you $1,000 if you'll look in the Bible and find out where someone was baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I'll give it to you. Amen. It won't be a check either. I'll, I'll, I'll borrow the money somehow or another from Brother Sammy, and we'll give it to you. <laughs> Paul said, if any angel or anybody else preach any other gospel, when I preach, let him be accursed. Uh, hallelujah. That was his defining moment. And we are here recipients of that defining moment today of a man that gave his life to God. Hallelujah. Seventy years of defining moments throughout the different churches. The old church, I remember when I was just, just barely can't remember going there, but 1901 Meridian Street, I was, that was, I was there a lot of times. Had my finger slammed in a door one time. It hurt bad. Hallelujah. It hurt me when I drove by a few weeks ago, a few months ago, and saw the, the building that's going on in the lot. Yeah, and I'm sure there's people that go, oh, no, we, I wish we was back there. Really? <laughs> 
If you look at this building and look at that building, there's no comparison. It's not the building anyway. It's where the church is the people. Amen? Hallelujah. So it, it, there's defining moments in that place over there. There's great memories over there where God filled people with the Holy Ghost. Great service. God baptized people in, over there in, in the precious name of the Lord. Healings took place. Everything took place. It was great over there. Hallelujah. But God gave you something a little better. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes, don't forget those defining moments over there. But make some new ones while you're here. Hallelujah. How many know? I know he's flooding your soul when you're thinking about this. I was over here at this part right here when God spoke to me at this altar. It might not be the same building. It might be the building over there on Moody Street. But I know over here is where I felt God. Or over there is where God spoke to me. Over there where, where Brother, Brother Hell laid his hands on me and prayed for me and God healed me or something. I'm not going to forget those things. Why? Because it's defining moments. It defined me with what I am today. And I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. Hallelujah. God's been too good. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Defining moments. Ah, baby dedications. Weddings. I was at their wedding 60 years ago. I'm sorry, folks. This is not comedy hour, but I, I, I got to throw one in there once in a while. The day you ran to the altar, never forget it. From that day forward, I built a wall. <laughs> Brother, I don't have any kids yet. You're still building a wall for your children <laughs> and your grandchildren. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Granny and granny never saw Dorian. My oldest granddaughter, when, when she was just a few weeks old, had bacterial meningitis, two strokes, and some seizures. She was at the, at the vacation with us this past week, nine years old. She still has a little bit of problems here and there, has, wears a hearing aid, and has some problems with, with, with seeing and things. But I've seen her at their church worshiping God. No, if she was here, you wouldn't even know it. You wouldn't know there's anything ever happened to her. And God's still doing a miracle in her. My granddaddy and grandmother never saw her. But because of a defining moment that day. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. On the way home yesterday, or our other granddaughter, my son's daughter, they're not in church. She goes with us when she can, things like that. But she, was, she wanted to get... Mimi, my wife's phone, I want to listen to the children's thing, the children's Bible thing on the, on the phone. You can hear back there say, hey, they're saying about And it was talking about the stories, and she was all excited about it. Hallelujah. My granddad, grandmother never saw them. But because of the defining moment, what you do affects your children and the grandchildren you never see. The decisions that you make as a young person, doesn't matter if you're married or not, it's going to affect your children and your future husband, your future wife. You that are married that have any children, the decisions you make now is going to affect the children you have later. Hope my dad and my aunts not don't get mad at me by saying this, but I had two grandparents, two grandfathers, most people do. One of them was a, was a pastor, and the other one had trouble with alcohol. 
Hallelujah. It could have been easily for my dad and my aunt to continue that. Whether it was a defining moment somewhere in their life is I'm not going that path. My aunt pastors a church now. I got to dunk my dad in Jesus' name and I held him under till it bubbled. You think that's bad when I got my brother, I really thought. <laughs> but they had to make a decision in their life that, and you know what? The same Selmer hell and days of hell affected their lives too. Hallelujah. Huh. Oh, ain't God good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, eh, I'll, I'll skip that right there. You want to skip that? Okay. Paul had a defining moment, folks. I know Paul used to be Saul, and I'm going to read it, Acts 9 and verse 1. And yet, and Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues, that if he found any in the way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And he Journeyed, as his journey came near Damascus, and we know the story of what happened. He heard, you know, the light came down. Saul, I persecuted thou, you know, it would bother me too. But it was a defining moment that changed the man's life forever. He was blind, and he couldn't see, and the Lord told him to go to, to go see someone. You can't make this by yourself, folks. You've got to have a pastor. You can't make this on TV evangelist, and he's not your pastor. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Uh, Seventy years, two pastors. I know, I know you love your pastor. I know that. But if there's anybody here ever talks about him, take care of business. Make it a defining moment where they'll never say it again. Honor your pastor. You can't be saved without one. I'll go ahead and go it. You can't say be saved without a pastor. Well, I don't know about that. Well, hallelujah. He has trouble with you already. Huh. Hallelujah. So, verse 17, and Ananias went his way. I better quit meddling. I'm going to be in trouble. And Ananias went his way and entered to the house and putting his hands on, on, on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way, as thou camest and sent me, that thou mayest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes, as it were, scales, and he received sight forthwith and rose and was baptized. And verse 20 it says, And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. And everywhere he went, you'll find out somewhere along the way, he'll come in with that little, little story. Throw it in there somewhere along the way, and probably the people at church say, oh, here he goes again. But that was a defining moment where he knew without a doubt he was a bad dude. He was bad trying to do God a favor by killing the Christians. And God took care of him. And it was a time where he just said, this is it. That's the defining moment. Change my life forever. The Bible's full of defining moments. There was the four lepers, you know the story. And, and they said, you know, Jerusalem is, is shut, up, shut up. Philistines are over there, got them all aboard. They can't, 
we're outside the city because we're lepers, and if said, you know, if, if we if we go in there, they're gonna they ain't gonna give there's nothing to eat there. If we if we stay out here, we're gonna die. If we go to the Philistines and and they they could kill us, so what we got to lose? So they all four got up and started walking toward the Philistine camp. You know what happened? If you don't read it in your Bible, <laughs> there was a defining moment where they went there and God blessed them abundantly. They had to get up from where they were at and let God use them. Hallelujah. There was Jonah that came out of a whale's belly. He was a different man. You ever try to outrun God? You don't want that. You'd rather hear it from the pastor than from God. You'd rather listen to him preach it and do what he says and go along with it, whether you understand it or not, than let God get a hold of you and shake you along the way. Hallelujah. But he came out, I believe he was, he was a believer. He came out of the belly of the whale running. Hey, repent, you're going to die. I didn't care if I look good, if you smelt like seaweed or anything. We were in a, on a big boat this past week, went out deep sea fishing. I caught two little bitty fish. More than my son-in-law did. But I stunk because I was using squid to, as bait. One of them's eyes squirted on me. Blood everywhere. Noah didn't smell good. He didn't care. He had had a defining moment with God. And he was going to tell somebody what God could do for him. Hallelujah. Oh, I can't go outside. I got to... God's calling, go ahead and do it. It was Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And there he came out walking in grave clothes. Hallelujah. Never forget that. Hallelujah. I'm sure Lazarus came out and saw Jesus and thought, this is, this is, this is that day I'll never forget. I was dead and now I'm alive. Hallelujah. There was Zacchaeus that was up in a, you know, the little song, Zacchaeus, we little man. It wasn't about me. And Jesus came walking by and said, this day, this day, salvation has come to your house. If I've done anything wrong, I'll fix it. If he knew he had. Folks, when a defining moment hits you, it'll change you. Hallelujah. I got I got to go. Somebody's saying, please do. Hallelujah. One more story. You got time for one more story? Thank you. I was going to do it anyway. <laughs> God already gave him the scriptures. I got to do it. Joshua, the fourth chapter. Wonderful story. They've been walking around for 40 years and finally got to where they were going to go over the, the Jordan River and to the promised land. And there was a wonderful situation took place here. Joshua 4 and verse 1. And it came to pass when all the people were clean passed over Jordan that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe of man, and command you them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of the Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood, twelve stones, and you shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where you shall lodge this night. Verse 4, And Joshua called the twelve men, whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of the, every tribe of man. And Joshua said to them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God in the midst of Jordan, and take you up every man a stone 
upon his shoulder. It wasn't just a little small stone, it was a big one. According to the number of the tribes of Israel, the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What meaneth by these stones? Then you shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off. And you know what the story goes on. When we go by and see these stones and our, you know, it wasn't your children, it was your great-grandchildren. It was the Dorians, my great-grand, my daughter. It was the Jalen, my little girl. She's four years old. She loves her pappy. I get him in competition. Who's Pappy's girl? And he, she is. And then there's, there's, there's also Braley. There's the middle one. That's my son. How a beautiful. They look a lot like me. They're beautiful. <laughs> Pappy, where did you get that Bible? Let me tell you about your great great granddaddy. About a church that he started years ago, and it's still going on today. Hopefully, one day they'll get to come here and be here also. What meaneth these stones? This is the day God granted us a right to go into the promised land, and we had to fight, but we were there after 40 years of walking around in the wilderness, and they all had a stone there built a memorial. Hallelujah. Where God made a defining moment that day. And he said, from every generation, go back. And I was asking about what these stones and tell them what happened. But it didn't stop there. The Bible is, I'm, I'm almost through. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I'm not like some people that go on 15 minutes earlier. We came in early before church was over. I thought someone was killing somebody in here. Brother Sammy preaching. <laughs> I, I love these folks. Y'all better too. But the Bible has little, little, throws in little things every once in a while, just kind of silent, just throws a scripture in there and just kind of goes on. I'm going to throw you this real quick. I, I know what. If you look in there, you'll find out, if you don't know it already, a little, little trivia. There's a little spot that throws in there that the two men going to Emmaus, walking to, to Emmaus after Jesus was crucified, one of them was Jesus' uncle. Now you're going, this guy's nuts. Look for it. I said that at our church. This guy came back next Sunday. He said, you're right. He looked it up. What? Nobody said amen or nothing to do. Y'all think I've done lost it. Look it up. The Bible throws little, little nuggets in there, Brother Sammy, that you, you start looking. It's not a, it's, this is not a novel you read and just kind of go over. You have to study this thing. So verse 9 just throws it in there. And Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan and the place where the feet of the priests which bear the Ark of the Covenant stood. And they are there to this day and just goes on about the story. They had 12 guys take the stones over here and put them over here and just nonchalantly throws it in there about Joshua getting 12 stones over there. And putting them back over here. It says Adrian McFarland's translation. It was 
in flood stage and when the waters went back, might not have seen those stones that he put there, but he knew they were there. And there were times when they went to Ai just a few weeks down the road when they had trouble and he was saying, I wish I'd never done this. Can someone else pastor the church? That two years you went through and you had to go back and what was it about? Here's where these stones are over here. That's where they put theirs. And I was about two yards this way and about out there. So there it is. One of them was sticking up. Just nonchalantly in the word of God, a little nugget there. That's not in there. That's just me. Because there's sometimes in your walk with God, you've got to go back to that defining moment and look for that rock that's sticking up in the midst of all your problems. And you might have to look kind of hard and there it is. God did call me. God did place me here. God did heal me. God does love me. I failed and I, I, I've done things I shouldn't do and I, I've said a word that I shouldn't say and I've looked at something I shouldn't look at. I've read something I shouldn't read. I've said, told a lie. I've done this. But I went back to that defining moment and I found the exact spot where God forgave me and he can do it again. Today, God wants you to have a defining moment also. Could we stand together? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I could have listened to those stories of Granny and Granddaddy Hale for, for as long as I could. I wish I'd recorded them. Hmm. I didn't know why, Brother Sammy, that I was living in Pentecost. I didn't know about my granddad's defining moment until he told me. It wasn't a big thing to him. It was a big thing to him, but it really hit me that, wow, because of what he did that day, I'm where I'm at. I'm not preaching because of my granddaddy. I know people say, I want to preach because my granddaddy preached. Because of my no, I'm preaching because God called me. Hallelujah. I'd... <laughs> I'm not pastoring right now. As a matter of fact, I'm going to the same church we used to pastor. Works out great. I go home and don't worry about it. I tell our pastor, did you I ever tell you I, I'm glad you're the pastor? And now I just have to look at him and say, I ever tell you? And he don't want to hear it anymore. We have a great relationship. I teach adult class. And we help on the worship. But today God has placed you here for the defining moment. I don't know where your walk with God is. Some of you might be just straight up wonderful, 100% Christians living for God, speaking in tongues every day, and you know, and everything goes this morning hunky-dory, and all your bills are paid. You have plenty of money in the bank. You're tithing over in abundance every Sunday. <laughs> but there might be one in here that needs to look for that rock that you planted years ago, and God wants you back. Hallelujah. A defining moment. Today could be your day, folks. This altar's open. I know it's a, it's a different type of service today, but we've got to leave the altar open for anybody that wants to, wants to do a little digging back in history. <laughs> I, I, you said a while ago, I, I'm, I'm 
I'm just I'm going to quit. You said it while you was preaching that you hadn't had a service here like you had back there. You hadn't had one quite like you've had some good services, but you hadn't got that. Hallelujah. Don't stick to the defining moment back there. Make a new one in this building. Hallelujah. And let God bless you over and over and over again. King God, don't you love him? Can we lift our voice and praise him? Can we just love him? I feel the Holy Ghost here. I feel God moving in a mighty way. I hope I hadn't taken too long, but I just want us to worship God. Won't we just, if you would, just come around the altar and begin to just pour your heart out to God. And, if, you, if you're in good shape, just thank Him for that defining moment. Someone already has thought back when you was baptized. You thought back when you was filled with the Holy Ghost. And where God changed your life forever. And changed your children's life. Hallelujah. Isn't it great to live for God? Oh.